Happy New Year. Conventionally, we're going to talk about more of this uh, on this episode of Kuden and also uh, some other things that it's related to and, and all that wonderful stuff. Okay, so anyway, I'll be right back with you as we get started with uh, our first episode of Kuden for 2022. So the big question is this. How are self-defense and success-minded people like us, concerned citizens worried about protecting ourselves, our loved ones, and the things we care about from the monsters we know exist in the world? How do we train in a way that gives us the skills, knowledge, and understanding we need without becoming paranoid fighters or killers ourselves, and yet still allows us to be the hero protector the world needs us to be? That's the question, and this podcast will give you the answers. My name is Jeffrey Miller, and welcome to Kuden Radio, real training for real people in a real world. Okay, all right, so welcome back to Kuden. We took a two-week break there so that uh, we get through the uh, holiday uh, break and all that. So good to see everybody. Wearing a little bit of nostalgia here because uh, this is uh, kind of related to what I'm going to be talking about during this episode. Uh, so originally, um, when uh, some of you can relate to this, right? Uh, originally, when I uh, started my first dojo, just a training group, right? Uh, I did the same geek thing. You know what? I'm going to change the elevation here of my uh, camera, laptop, whatever. Just half a second. Oh, no, earthquake. Right. Those of you who are listening to audio only, you have no freaking idea what's going on. Right. I just needed to shift this thing here so I wasn't like staring down at, at, my, uh, uh, at my camera. Anyway, all right, so um, uh, people geek out, right, the martial arts. People geek out about all kinds of things um, as they're... Uh, you know, they get uber involved, right? It's not just the people that are doing, like, Dungeons and Dragons and all that stuff. Not that there's anything wrong with that. I used to play that myself, right? Um, but, again, I'm making adjustments here. So for those of you who think that my world is shifting, uh, it's just the camera, right? It's all relative, right? Anyway, um, so uh, I did the same thing that, that lots of people do, right? You know, they get all geeked out and stuff, and they... Uh, they um, uh, give their dojo or their training group or whatever this really fancy Japanese name, right? Like, you know, they're just signaling to the world, right? This is this is what we're doing. And they have no freaking idea themselves because of the state they're in uh, and where they are in their own head. They have no idea that they're saying absolutely nothing to 99.9% of the people that they're trying to communicate with, that they're trying to, uh, in this case, get them into the training group or whatever, that they're trying to, to attract, uh, gain interest from or whatever, right? Um, because they think that because they do it, right, there's this, there's this idea of transference in psychology, right? Because I understand it, because I know it, because of whatever, right? Then I, I'm going to assume that everybody else is doing the same thing. So anyway, um, what I did was the very first dojo, the very, very, it wasn't even a dojo, right? It was a shibu, S-H-I-B-U as we would spell in English, right? A shibu, which is a training group, right? It's a club, that kind of thing, right? Uh, not a dojo, right? A dojo, uh, at least the way I was taught early on, and I know, people change shit all the time, right? And then the Japanese just kind of like smile and nod at you, right? Oh, you understand, right? Uh, no, okay? Um, so before I was a secondary black belt or that I was uh, in the black belt levels, right, I was authorized by my teachers to have a shibu club, a group, whatever, right? So a lot less... Organization, standardization, most people have clubs, even though they want to use the term dojo, and that's fine, right? Play, play semantics, play whichever way you want. Um, I'm not here to argue with anybody, but uh, 
So we had this Bujinkan Kuyu Shibu, right? So Bujinkan, we all know that, right? Guys? So Paul the Divine Warrior, right? Bujinkan uh, Dojo, right? Dojo's training hall, right? Um, so, uh, and then Shibu, right? Training group, right? So what it did was it designated my my little gathering, my little group of students, me as the you know, group leader kind of thing, right? As a satellite group from my teacher's dojo, right? Uh, so, you know, stay I'm in, right? Here's this thing, right? So we're making up brochures and flyers and all that, naming names and then Takamatsu and Atsumi and Tokakure of Nijutsu and, and um, didn't grow very much, right? And uh, the reason why I didn't grow very much, I, I found more and more of this out as, I, as we moved down the line. The uh, reason why we didn't grow very much was because people had no fucking idea, excuse my language, they had no idea what it was that we were freaking saying, right? What the hell is that? Is that like, is that like martial arts? Is it like, like karate, right? And then, you know, from our arrogant state, we would say stuff like, well, it's more like karate than it is billiards, right? And we thought that was just cool, right? Because, you know, we're putting these friggin' ignorant morons in their place, and, you know, if they don't understand it, then they probably shouldn't be training with us, and all this crap, right? And so Miller's Martial Arts here ended up being a second iteration, right, uh, of this thing because uh, it wasn't about me, you know, pointing at me and all that kind of stuff, right? Um, what it was was an attempt to communicate with people where they were when they were looking for uh, for martial arts, right? So uh, what we did was we tried on an English name, right? That you know separated us from Burns Taekwondo and Eaton's Taekwondo and you know, all these other things that were local, right? Uh, it was a differentiation, but you know we used the term martial arts instead of Taekwondo, instead of Karate. Whatever, right? And um, what we did then was we used symbolism to kind of make the connection with everything, right? So there's this Bujin, right, which people wouldn't necessarily know, right, unless they were specifically working or looking for an interview. And in the early to mid 80s, guess how many people in my local area were looking for Nidhu or Bujinkan, let alone knowing that even existed, right? Yeah, but there's the ninja boom, and yeah, I know, but those people, right, it was the master ninja TV series, it was the Shokutsugi movies, and all that kind of stuff, right? This is a hard-learned reality, right? So we kind of hit things, right? So there's the Bujin Kanji, and what we found out over time was that people were just people that were looking for what we kind of had to offer or that were related to, uh, they were relating to martial arts in a way where they were also looking for philosophy and life skills and, and all those kind of things, right? And a connection to uh, the warriors of old and all that, right? They were turned on by Kanji, right? So this was an accident, right? We were just putting the boudin here so I could keep that thing rolling, right? But not necessarily space it out, right? So, uh, uh, and then this uh, the, the ninja character that's right here, right? I just borrowed a, a photograph and then created a silhouette with it and all that, right? Um, but the reason I, I used this Goku no Kamai was because the feeling and the and the strategy of Doko no Kamai is to be in a position, right, where what you're doing is your lead hand is kind of bending, right, and your rear hand is up here threatening, right? So the overall feeling in the Doko no Kamai is, I don't want to fight, right, but I will if I have to, right? I've heard you state that, but if you come in here, that's not the waiting for you kind of thing, right? 
because to us that kind of that that really conveyed the meaning of this whole idea of self-protection, right? Not fighter, not fight school, not you know kick your ass if you step in my you know step in my way or whatever, right? It was this whole idea of I'd rather not do this, right? I, I, I'd rather not, right? But if you come in here, then I'm going to have to do what I'm going to have to do, right? So again, the symbolism. But what we found was when we made this switch, right? Oh, the phone just started freaking ringing, and of course this was pre-internet. Everybody had a freaking website kind of days and all that, right? But the phone just started ringing left and right because we were speaking to people's listen, right? So not only did my state of mind kind of shift, right? How does all this have to do with like New Year's? I'll be right back with that, right? So um, not only did that shift, right, but the state of my training group changed. Okay, so much so that in less than a year, we needed a bigger space. Okay, and so, again, things kept growing and, and all that kind of stuff, right? So, um, you know, everybody knows that I had this Bujinkan Mori no Toro Dojo, right? But we tend to use that for long-distance students. We tend to use that for our inner circle guys at the dojo, our Shinobi Kai group, uh, that kind of thing, where they're learning traditional Nijitsu they're really wrapped around the whole warriorship kind of thing. Uh, it's not just about learning self-defense or getting a black belt in martial arts as a general term. Nothing like that, right? So um, what kept happening over time was me creating these things that could speak to certain mindsets, to, to certain types of people who were looking for certain types of uh, goals and uh, and, and certain things to pull out of things, right? Uh, did we get people along the, along the way that were looking for Nitsu or that recognized the Bujinkan name or whatever? Yeah. But that was not in the majority. And I believe it's one of the reasons why certain training groups stay freaking tiny, right? Because they're trying to, the, the group leader or the instructor or the teacher or the master or whatever you want to use or whatever you want to uh, call it, right? Is looking for people just like them or looking to, only speak to people that want stuff to the same degree or in the same form, whatever as they want it. And they're missing out on all the people that they're looking to like share the benefits, right? Share the magic and, and all that kind of stuff. And what they're doing is they're excluding 99.8% of the people that could really benefit from this because they're speaking a freaking foreign language, right? So again, what the hell does this have to do with, uh, with things, right? Well, at a certain point, we, we made the change to Warrior Concepts International because, again, we're ninja, right? Constantly researching and studying. And if we're understanding things like Inton Jutsu and, and, uh, the Nijino Kilmon and all these other study areas within Nijutsu, um, because we're looking to produce the greatest amount of, uh, results, right? Uh, instead of just kind of throwing shit out there and, and hoping that it sticks, right? Um, now that also, that also assumes that we know more and we have a skill set or skill sets that exceed or that extend beyond punching, grabbing, mushadori, kihonapo, whatever, right? Because you know what? Everybody knows those, right? So where's your skill set, right? What I find in martial arts is that um, lots of people are skilled in the art that they're teaching, right? But they're freaking crippled when it comes to the skill sets necessary to keep their dojo or training group running long enough 
to fulfill on the promise you made when somebody got started. And that promise was, you can get your black belt in this martial art, or you can get your next level black belt, or you can get to this level of, uh, you know, XYZ level of proficiency, really. Not if you close up three months from now, not if you can't pay the rent, not if, uh, you know, you go from training in your, out of your garage, uh, but then that, that, that doesn't work, you know, once, uh, really, really cold weather or whatever kicks in or your job status changes and you need to move and then you leave your students high and dry and all, just all that stuff, right? So anyway, so as we were gaining information, um, one of the, uh, one of the years, how was this? We made the name change in October of 2004. So it had to have been that summer. Uh, we, what we always did was take advantage of the local fairs, right? So we would set up, we wouldn't just do demonstrations because everybody and their martial arts brothers doing demonstrations with these things. Uh, what we did was we, we created a game booth, right? We created a, a, a ninja throwing star kind of thing where, we, where people could throw these rubbish, rubber shirt again. We made a backdrop, a little hole. Actually, it was a, quite a big hole, right? And then just different places where people would stand based on size and age and all that. And so, uh, we were raising money for whatever the cause was, right? Whatever that fair, uh, whatever the organization was. Uh, at one point it was a, an auxiliary for a local, uh, nonprofit hospital. Uh, other times it was for the local fire departments, uh, just all kinds of things, right? So, uh, we were doing those kind of things. And so, uh, what I decided to do was a little bit more ninja information gathering to figure out um, how, how many people even knew about us, right? I mean, we've been doing demonstrations, flyers all over the place, uh, you know, radio ads at times, all kinds of things, right? But not only did they know about it, but where were we positioned relative to other martial arts schools in the area that were, that had been around for a long time or might be just as popular or might just be as well known. And I don't mean like teaching out of my garage martial arts school. I mean, uh, these people, these places had like physical locations, right? And then on top of that, did people know how we and the other schools were different? Right? Cause you can, if you can't communicate difference, um, or you can't create uh, a desire for people to, check out things because from the very first moment that they interact with you, things look different, right? I mean, Nietzsche's is supposed to be different. Bujinkan is supposed to be different from all these other schools. And, and what instructors and, and practitioners end up doing is still falling back on the, yeah, but, yeah, but we do this. Yeah, but, okay, so still, what are you telling me, okay? If you have to resort to, yeah, but, then what you're really saying is, well, we're pretty much that way too, but we've got these differences, okay? So what we did one year uh, through several of these different uh, fairs that were going on during the summer is I created a survey. And the survey was not cr not created to produce a bunch of yeses so that somebody would be much more likely to say yes when we got to the, hey, you want to do martial arts, right? Uh, what we do is we created a, a survey and then to also – uh, peek into the, the psycholo uh, psychology that people are more likely to do something if there's something in it for them, right? What's in it for me, right? So what we did was we created uh, one month uh, guest passes, right? And so in exchange for participating in the survey, 
we were going to give them a, you know, a, a guest passport, uh, you know, good for a month of uh, martial arts training. So, uh, but the questions on there had to do with uh, things like, you know, have you ever heard of Warrior Concepts or the name, uh, not Warrior Concepts, no one's martial arts, right? Uh, when you think of martial arts uh, schools in the area, what names come to mind? So they weren't leading kind of things, right? Uh, so when you think of martial arts in the area, uh, what schools come to mind, right? Um, uh, and I, like question 1A or, you know, some sub-question was like, um, you know, do you know the difference between the different schools kind of thing, right? Uh, what kind of differences come to mind or, or whatever, right? Uh, and then um, we had other questions on there too, like uh, uh, when you think of uh, martial arts, right, um, what kind of benefits or uh, things like that come to mind, right? What, what, what do you think you'd be learning, right? Or what would, if you chose to do martial arts, you know, what would be a primary reason? Right. And so we were collecting all this information because uh, what we were looking for was who was obviously interested. Right. But not just the names, but what kind of things where Where are people in their head about martial arts? Or about need to or about whatever. Right. Before they get tainted by you telling them or them reading an article or whatever. Right. So why would they want to do it? What would they look to get out of training? That kind of stuff, right? Uh, have they ever done it before, right? What did they like about it? What did they not like about it? Those kind of things, right? So that I was better able to speak to their listen, right? So uh, concurrently, that means at the same time, right? <laughs> right? So at the, at the same time we were doing these things at the fairs, I also decided to do um, some internal research. And so... I thought about who the students were that were, the, like, my best students. And I don't mean technically proficient. I mean the ones that were always in class, right? The ones that were going to train no matter what, uh, that kind of stuff, right? My best students. Uh, parents of youth that uh, definitely, you know, were into it as much as, as the kids. And maybe they didn't train, but um, they were, you know, just all about what we were doing and the approach and all that kind of stuff, right? And so they were asked questions. That had to do with, you know, what's the greatest value you're getting out of this? Uh, what did you, what do you wish, uh, would be different? Um, uh, you know, what, what is it that you're really looking? What's the ultimate goal that you're looking to get out of things, right? And then that really told us what benefits that we could really key in on, which is where the, 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 uh, three benefits of confidence, power, and control came from, right? It came from, um, interviewing these people and what they were really getting out of it or hoping to get out of uh, the training, right? Um, the adults, by and large, had like this hero protector, I call it a hero protector or warrior or superhero kind of, uh, not a fantasy, but they really had this kind of thing that they wanted to be the person who could help and protect other people, right? So you see what I was gaining, right? I was guarding, I was garnering um, information that can allow me to communicate with people just like them, right? I want to be able to duplicate not me, but my best students, right? And so uh, when it came to, like, our kids' programs, we, you know, had uh, parents of very young children. We had parents of uh, 7, 8 to 12-year-old kind of things. We had the teens, and then we had adult students. And this allowed me to kind of break things down to be able to communicate much, much better. And most people don't do this, right? Most people, what they do is they duplicate 
for their what they do is they they speak their lesson, right? And then they try to convince the other person that they should be doing martial arts for the same reasons that they're doing. And I'm, I'm talking about the instructor, right? Um, where I tend to ask questions because you know, I'm a freaking ninja. We gather information, right? Um, I could talk to somebody about anything or everything that has to do with our martial art, or I could ask them what they're looking to get out of martial arts training, and then one either disqualify them because that's not our focus, right? If they're looking for sport martial art, they're looking for to be the next MMA, you know, uh, 15 minutes of fame kind of guy. Uh, or whatever, right? Then I can disqualify them and point them in a direction to a school in the area that's really good at that. That's that's their thing, right? Go do that, okay? So who does that other than people that really have their shit together and or um, are supremely confident that, look, this is what we do, right? We're not trying to be everything to everybody. We're trying to um, help people that are specifically looking for this kind of thing. This is what we're good at, right? So, um, and that's what we got back from people too. They're like, wow, you're not going to talk me into doing your thing? No. Why would I talk you into doing our thing when that's not what we, when what you're looking for isn't what we do. And I also know that if you're really looking for what we have to offer and I send you to the top guys in town that do what you say you're looking for and you realize that's not it, you'll be back. That's how confident I am in what I'm doing, right? I'm not, I'm not a used car salesman. Okay? We're going to be establishing a teacher-student relationship that's going to last for quite a while, okay? um, unless you're just you know, having a martial arts seizure, and this week it's martial arts, and next week it's underwater basket weaving or whatever. Right? So as long as we're both being honest, then you know, we'll develop that connection. And besides that, if I'm really here to serve people, you know, samurai, right, to serve, that's the root verb behind the word samurai, one who serves, then I'm going to help you get what it is that you're looking for and not try to browbeat you into doing things my way, right? So um, anyway, so you see the state changing that kept happening for me as I gathered more and more information, right? Um, and then that in and of itself led to another name change. So we went from Miller's Martial Arts because we realized that nobody knew the freaking difference and they assumed we were all doing the same thing. We just had different names. So Burns Taekwondo, this is actually a, a martial arts uh, school in our area, still around, even though the original founder died of leukemia a bunch of years ago, uh, sold it to a student, whatever. So uh, Burns Taekwondo, uh, Academy of Martial Arts, um, there was one that they, they went out, Barbarian Martial Arts Systems. Um, now, people knew the difference once we made the change. They didn't go in until after we did a name change. But Miller's Martial Arts, Eaton's Taekwondo, whatever, um, in all honesty, including the, the Kung Fu class at the YMCA, people had no idea what the difference was. To them, it was all the same, right? So we really had to rethink things. I had to rethink things because it didn't matter how I thought of things or that I knew that we were different or whatever. It doesn't matter. So the question became, how do we convey a difference in a way, in, in a way that people would be willing to look at things um, and, and start to ask questions even before they walked into the dojo. And so what I did was I gathered up all this information between uh, the stuff we did outside the dojo and the surveys and things that we did inside the dojo and coupling that with what Nijutsu is really all about, right, when it comes down to, like, principles and concepts and, and that kind of stuff, right? 
and the fact that we're connected to an international body and all that kind of stuff. And then we're, our military martial arts changed to Warrior Concepts International, right? Um, see, there's not just my state changed, right? My perspective, uh, my growth as an instructor and, and, and dojo leader and all that. Um, but also the dojo changed, right? The academy changed and it became more and more of this thing that I had envisioned, right? That I think a lot of instructors envision, right? Um, but it required me to get information. It required me to develop skills that are beyond just martial arts, right? Um, how do I communicate what we do? How do I communicate value? How do I communicate uh, benefits? How do I speak to the right people that are already looking for this, regardless of whether they know what it's called or not, right? How do I do that, right? How do I manage, right, a dojo, a school, an academy, so that when somebody enrolls and they've got designs on earning a black belt, um, we both know that I'll be around in three or four years or whatever when they're going to earn that black belt, or am I going to leave them high and dry? Right? Those, those kind of things, right? Uh, making sure that the rent's paid, the bills are paid, and all that kind of stuff, right? Um, you know, which flew in the face of, wow, I'm not in it for the money. Uh, well, if you're not in it for some break-even level of money, then you're not going to be helping very many people for very long, right? So, again, see how the states have changed and, and all that kind of stuff, right? So, at this point, right, and somebody might throw throw words at me like we're a McDojo or, or whatever, right? And I couldn't give a shit less what they think or, or how they're, they're uh, feeling um, unless they've, they're producing results and they've got a dojo that can stand the test of time. Or how about a dojo that survives something like COVID that comes along and shuts it down for eight months and they're still able to, to um, keep operations running with virtual classes or be able to open the doors again uh, because the rent was paid and the bills were paid and all that because we didn't get uh, help like uh, residential renters got, right? Anything like that, right? So, but it was able to stand the test of time so that I'm still able to be helping students and I didn't have to start all over again from scratch and whatever, right? Now, did I lose 75% of my student body? Absolutely. But losing 75% of 60 people is a whole lot better than losing 75% of three or four. Right? So, anyway. Um, so what does this have, this have to do with anything? Well, um, this is our first, uh, our first, uh, episode of 2022, right? So this is my quote unquote New Year's episode, even though this is January 3rd, right? Uh, and it's, the reason for that is Japanese tradition is to use a certain phrase, uh, when greeting family members, coworkers, fellow students, whatever, during the first year, first week, right, uh, after the change of the new year, right? And the phrase is, Akemashite omedodo gozaimasu. Okay? Akemashite omedodo gozaimasu. Omedodo gozaimasu is a general phrase that means congratulations. Okay? Omedodo gozaimasu. So if anybody's been around for a while and uh, you've tested and uh, been promoted to a new belt level or whatever, uh, when I hand you your certificate, I say, Omedodo gozaimasu. Right? Congratulations. Okay? But there's this other word, right? Akemashite. Right? It comes from the root verb akeru. Right? Akeru. Not to be confused with ageru. Right? 
So it's not close enough for government work, as a lot of English speakers will likely use. Okay? Akeru, right? It's a different kanji, right? Akeru means to give, right? Akeru, akeru means to, uh, to open, right? Um, but it's, it's like that phrase, uh, you're not gonna, you're not gonna hear this, uh, in general terminology in, in Japanese. Uh, so that's why there's a lot of confusion for people because they have a hard time looking it up on the internet. Right, so akeru goes along with opening and closing. So for some people, when they hear it, right, what they're hearing is like a congratulations on finishing the previous year, right? And that's why you know kind of ties in with a happy new year. But it's it's not that, right? There's a whole other phrase for that. And I'm, I'm not doing a Japanese lesson tonight, uh, but I, I want to tie this into this this idea, right, as we're moving forward, okay? So um, it really has to do with with that, uh, like an opening. Something was opened, okay? Because um, the masta, the ake masta, sta, at the end of it, uh, is a, is a uh, conjugation for the verb that makes it past tense, okay? So that's why it's said after, right, the change of the new year, right? Okay, so ake maste, right? So it could be like a congratulations on, like, opening the new year. Congratulations on beginning again. But again, they go together, right? This opening and closing, right? In, in the West, we have this, when one door closes, another door opens, right? That kind of idea, right? So they, they really go together, right? And what it's really talking about, what it's, what the, what it's alluding to, because again, Japanese is really based on um, conveying ideas, right? Uh, so, well, any language is based on conveying ideas, but it's much more loose and conceptual, right? There's lots of ways to say the same thing, but depending on how you say it, kind of leans in one direction or another, okay? So, um, uh, it's really, what it really is is about a change of state, okay? So it's almost like it's a it's a starting again. It's an opening a new chapter. It's it's a it's a kind of a moving forward. It's a it's a congratulations for surviving last year, right? Um, and that is probably really true for a lot of people in, in you know in this current state, right? With the COVID crap and all that kind of stuff going on. I'm not downplaying it for anybody that's uber sensitive about it, right? So get, get yourself out of your freaking uh, you know, pinched underwear, um, and just think about the, the state of the world, right? Uh, people don't feel free to just live their lives, right? There's this constant, uh, constant state of uncertainty, right? And so, um, but anyway, right? There's a shift in state, right? And so, it's it it is like when one door closes, another door opens, that kind of thing, right? So here's a congratulations. From making it to this point, a congratulations for being able to open something new, right? Think about this, right? How many people cannot say that? How many people don't have the opportunity to do that because they're, right? They're at rest permanently, right? Uh, for those of you that are listening to uh, things on uh, Apple or Stitcher or wherever you happen to be, right? Uh, I just kind of posed like I'm, um, you know, a corpse in a casket kind of thing, right? 
so congratulations, right? You made it this far, right? But this could be this could be extended globally, right? And it's one of those things that that teachers uh, from Hutchinson say all the way down to I don't mean down, but all the way to my very first teacher in the art, right? That was trying to convey the the life mastery lessons and the philosophy and this mindset, right? That yeah, all this stuff has happened to you, right? But you could look at it from the perspective of being a victim. You could look at it from the perspective of, uh, you know, this shit happened to me and that's why I'm not farther ahead. Or you can look at it from a survivor, uh, success oriented person's perspective of, yeah, look at all this stuff that I've survived, right? Bring it on, right? It should point out that I can survive stuff that would stop other people, right? Yeah, if I survive that, all these other things are just nuisances, right? I should be able to get past this stuff. I mean, seriously, right? So um, that's really where I, wanted to, where I wanted to kind of jump into things, right, with this. Because you do have an opportunity, right? You have an opportunity of renewal. You have an opportunity uh, to, to open a new chapter, right, regardless of what's going on before this, regardless of whether you have feelings of what have, should have, could have, anything like that, right? Get a quick drink here. One of my addictions in life. Okay, so, um, you know, yes, all this stuff has happened, right? And now what? Okay, and there's that phrase. And then what? Okay, somebody could be, somebody could be complaining or, or justifying or whatever it is, right? And if you're one of my students, at the end of your little tirade, what you're going to get from me is, okay, and now what? Now what? Okay. You're not dead yet. Now what? Okay? So uh, if you're not putting your dreams up on the shelf and you're still, you know, you're listening to the podcast or you're, you're reading my articles or, you know, you jump into – uh, a Kickstarter uh, challenge like we have coming up here pretty soon, uh, anything like that, right? Then you're obviously not willing to lay down. The fantasy is still alive or the dream still alive or the vision is still alive. Even if it's just it's a dimmer light and it's, you know, tucked farther back into the recesses of things, it's still there and it's still begging to get out. So great. All these reasons why you haven't to, up to this point. Now what? Okay? And it's the same thing that my teacher said to me. Right? Because, you know, a lot, most of you know my backstory. A lot of you know my backstory. Right? Um, I shouldn't even be here alive. Okay? But I am. Okay? And I still have these dreams and visions. And you know what? They're bigger now than they were before. Because that's one of my, if, if I were going to, if I were going to be, if I were going to regret anything, it wouldn't be past failed marriages, right? Because I wouldn't have my great kids had it not been for those things, right? Uh, it wouldn't be that I tried and failed at certain things, or it took me how many tries to even get something going. It wouldn't be that this person treated me a certain way, or that person was an asshole, or it wouldn't be those things, right? My biggest regret to this point, and you probably already heard me say this in the past, but my biggest regret at this moment is that I didn't make my goal bigger. Because you know what? The, the, there is something worse than setting a big goal and falling short. And that's setting a small goal and hitting it. 
I'll give you for instance for that. And I didn't realize it until not too long ago, right? My goal, my vision for Bujinkan Kurushibu, Bujinkan Kuru Dojo, Noah's Martial Arts Academy, Warrior Concepts International, whatever, right? Was to have a sustaining school that wouldn't close, right? And my tenacity made sure it didn't close at certain times, right? But, uh, that's it, right? So, um, I've had, at certain points, I've had 70-some students. At some points, I've had 20-some students. At some points, I, well, coming out of COVID, we were down to 12 or 13. Okay, 12 or 13. Um, and try to come up with four grand a month to keep the doors open, right? Uh, backing it down to 2800 because the rent is $2,050 a month. Okay, I know some people, that makes some people shit the, shit, shit a brick. Right? Oh my God! Oh, you could, you could just teach out of your garage or out of your backyard and you wouldn't have to spend that. Yeah, I also wouldn't be in a freaking location where I've got 55,000 cars a day, upwards of 85,000 during holidays driving by, right? And be, at least being able to see that, hey, oh shit, there's a martial arts school there. Oh, wow. Okay. Um, but anyway, right? So, uh, but it didn't include like things like having an extra buffer, right? There's enough tuition coming in so that the bills are easily paid and taken care of, right? Um, there's enough coming in that I can do this full time comfortably on a regular basis, right? Um, and be able to grow uh, money set aside so that should something go out like a water heater that went out, right? That the extra money's there to replace that, that I don't have to dip into uh, other savings, or I don't have to, uh, you know, strain, or, uh, you know, whatever, right? That these things are, yeah, but now it's a business, and uh, I, nobody needs to say shit like that in my direction. Meanwhile, buying all of Hatsumi Sensei's books, and going to Japan, or paying rank fees, or whatever, and never second-guessing that he hasn't had his, his uh, medical practice since the late 70s, early 80s. Okay, so um, I don't hear it. I don't. Okay, um, and besides that, those people have those opinions, right? Unless they're successful uh, with their school, or they've just chosen, right? I'm going to have an occupation. I'm going to do this kind of thing, right? My school's going to be part time, and I only want a couple of two, three dedicated students, and they have to understand that uh, the dojo exists at my whim, and I make no promises, and uh, you know, should my job move me somewhere else or life change or whatever, that, fine, fantastic, okay? I would just suggest that, um, you know, where would you be with your training if Hatsumi Sensei and all the master teachers that were available to you um, had the same thing going on? Because had Hatsumi Sensei not done this full-time and had a dojo that the other master teachers in Japan who had full-on occupations and only taught part-time in the dojo, if uh, if um, that that consistent location, right, that guaranteed location wasn't there, where would 99.9% .9 of the Bujinkan 
uh, masters be? Okay. I don't know. Maybe things would still be going on, maybe not, but it, you know what? It would certainly look different. But that's not the point, right? The point is um, there, there kept being these, these reiterations, right, these changes, right, so that, you know, here we are going into 2022, and, um, again, it's, it's another chance to for you to do what I'm doing, right, reassessing, right, establishing goals and deciding, and maybe not even goals, right, Focusing on the vision, right? What's the vision? What's your vision for your life? What's your vision for your skill set? What's your vision for, uh, you know, what you want to be able to do and accomplish, right, with this moving forward, okay? Six months from now, a year from now, three years from now, five years from now, ten years from now, okay? Some of us might not have that much farther, right? I mean, this is my... This is my, uh, I, I will turn 59 here in a couple of days, but it's actually my 60th year, right? Because people forget about that, that your, your birthday is actually a birth anniversary, right? So when we say, here in the West, when we say, you know, uh, I'm 58, we're really living our 59th year of life, right? Uh, when we say that we're 24, 37, whatever it is, right? Um, we've passed a mile marker that that was the last day of that thing, right? So I'm 37 full years, no, I'm not, I'm 58 full years of life, right? Coming up on 59, but I won't be living my 59th year of life. It's an anniversary, right? Because everybody, everybody forgets about the zero to one, right? Your mom didn't, right? It's, Two months old, he's 37 days old, he's eight months old, he's, you know, whatever, right? At a certain point, then we just go, well, he's this year. But we forget about the zero to one, okay? So the reason why I bring that up is because um, this is the year of the water tiger again. And we'll be going into that much more when we get closer to the, to the Chinese New Year, right? Which is still celebrated kind of in Japan, uh, depending on where you go. Um, but... You know, they, they work on the Gregorian calendar, so they moved their New Year's to January 1st, just like the rest of the West. Um, but uh, this Chinese zodiac kind of thing, right? Uh, most people only look at the 12 animals of the Chinese zodiac, right? Uh, and so they, they have their head wrapped around a 12-year cycle. But it's not a 12-year cycle. It's a 60-year cycle. Because not only is there the... Uh, again, I apologize for the background noise here. Uh, it's not just the 12 animals, but it's also the five elements of the gogyo, right? Uh, not the godai that a lot of you are familiar with, but the gogyo that's used in Chinese medicine and astronomy and, and things like that, right? So that's cycles as well. So uh, 1962, and I was born January 8th of 1963, but from the Chinese uh, year changing because it's a lunar thing, not a solar thing. Um, I was born at the tail end of the, uh, of the 1962 uh, year cycle. So, and that didn't change until like the end of January, beginning of February. Um, so, uh, 1962 was not only the year of the tiger, but the type of tiger, right? It was a water tiger, okay? Uh, which coincidentally really lines up with the Capricorn kind of description, right? Um, but 
even though every 12 years, so there's a year of the tiger, the element is different, okay? So it's not until your 60th year that you actually come full circle back to uh, that same element and the same animal again. So this is the year of the water tiger. It's my year, right? Uh, so uh, this, this holds a lot of significance for me. But again, it's, it's another one of those, there's a whole new opening, not just a new year, but for me, there's a new era, right? It's going beyond that new beginning kind of thing, right? It's uh, the 60-year cycle kind of thing. Anyway, so it's all this, all this kind of cool stuff. We'll go into it much more uh, in depth when we get uh, around the, the Chinese New Year. We'll do a Kuda uh, episode then. But what I really wanted to look at and what I really wanted to do was, was kind of challenge everyone to not just set goals, right? Those New Year's resolutions, that kind of crap, right? But to get back to that that thing, right? That vision, right? Because the vision of where you want to be, and it has to be big enough that when you, if you were to write it down and you were to read it back to yourself, it would give you goosebumps. I mean, it's easy to write something that other people go, oh, dude, that's cool. Or that'd be cool if you did that, right? But if you write it, look at it and go, yeah, that'd be cool. That's not it. Okay? Get back to the shit you wanted to do when you first got on this this hamster trail or hamster wheel, right? And it made you start running, all the stuff that did it for you, before you got disillusioned because honey won't let me or I don't make enough money or all this shit happened to me or whatever. Yeah, okay. So it did. So what? Seriously? As a warrior, that's, that's what's going to pin you down. You're supposed to be able to handle life and death situations and killers and all that kind of stuff. But this shit happened to me. Is, is what's going to do it. Okay? And maybe maybe some bad shit happened, and physically you can't do what you used to be able to do. You know, bad shit happened like, oh, I don't know, age, illness, broken bones, whatever, right? Okay? So what are you capable of doing? You know, there's different types of needs to do, right? Okay? There's different ways that warriors can act in the world. Right? And if you don't know that, and you've been following Kuden, then I, I don't know how to help you. Okay? So, but what what's going to make it worthwhile? Okay. So, what I want to do during this one was to not just remind you that the new year, right? This new kind of thing, right? And this term, right? Um, congratulations on finishing out, completing one year, right? But also opening the door to a new one, right? The, Akimaste is, is past tense, right? This has been opened. Great. What do you do with it? Okay? But also, I want to take a look at some shit that can really get in the way. Okay? Because uh, that's what I do, right? Uh, you know, I'm, I'm supposed to be here to help you use this stuff to move forward. Not just collect more techniques. Not just strut around doing the next sword kata or wear the next new uniform or, uh, you know, reminisce. I'm not about reminiscing. I'm not. Okay? I'm about getting shit done. And again, one of my biggest regrets, okay? and I don't have very many, one of my biggest regrets is not setting my goals bigger. Okay? 
So what I wanted to do is take a look at a couple of problems. Well, I want to take a look at one set. I'm going to look at three characteristics of a victim mindset that we can have working on ourselves. And I'm constantly doing a self-check as well. So don't see me on some kind of pedestal that I'm looking down and talking down at you. This is stuff that I'm constantly checking myself on. Okay? And I've had teachers that have kicked me in the ass when I fell short. Okay? That's what teachers and mentors are supposed to do, not just teach you cool moves. Okay? Any monkey can learn moves and any monkey can teach moves. Okay? What is it? Right? Remember, in, in, for those of you who have a kung fu background, right? Sifu, shifu, depending on the, the, the uh, uh, area, right, in China, right? not just teacher. It means father. Okay? This mentor kind of thing, right? This person is supposed to be pulling you up, building you up, kicking you in the ass to get you moving, right? All those kind of things, right? To be a role model, those kind of things, right? Um, same thing, sensei, right? The kanji points to the meaning of one who has gone before me, one who has experienced and knowledge in this thing that I want to do. They've done it before. So they can not only teach me things, but point out pitfalls and, uh, you know, remind me, you know, careful, going through this area right here. You're not just going to need these skill sets, external skill sets, right? This kind of shit, right? I'm making fists for those people who are listening to the, to the podcast audio-wise, right? Um, but also a mindset, certain internal personal characteristics, right? Um, so we'll take a look at that, at three characteristics of a victim to make sure that we can check our shit at the door, right? To make sure that we're not our own biggest anchor, right? Um, but I also want to take a look at, um, kind of the mastery process. Um, and again, when I said skill sets, right? Martial artists tend to just focus on blocking, punching, kicking, joint locks, pressure points, swords, staffs, whatever, right? But don't forget, there's internal skill sets that I don't care how good you are, with your external skills, right? I don't care how good you are with the martial side of things, right? Because a lot of martial artists are really good and they're masters in the dojo, but they really suck at life. They suck at become, being able to accomplish the kind of things that they would like to do, right? Things like, I don't know, take my family on a, on a really nice vacation once a year. For some of us, that's like, uh, that's not, I, I do that. Okay? Yeah, but is it the kind of vacation you want to take them on? And if it is, fantastic. What else? Right? Um, you know, were you financially stable enough that when COVID came along, you didn't need Uncle Sam to bail you out? And I'm not here to judge anybody. I'm not here to knock anything. But I am here to punch ego in the face um, with things that help to destabilize ego's attempt to sound like it, it's got its shit together but cover it up and not talk about it when it didn't and it fell flat on its face, and then what, right? I mean, these are all trials and things. And a ninja, a samurai at least, but a ninja is supposed to be set so that we're adaptable and can survive the worst shit, right? That, that would stop everybody else. And yet, I, I, oh, you have no idea. Yeah, well, maybe you do, right? Uh, I remember one of the biggest things, 
expanding my horizons past my first couple of teachers in this art, past their dojos, right, or beyond their dojos where we were taught, right, certain types of mindset and living to a certain level and becoming certain types of people, having having this professional mindset and, and whatnot, right? And not just being like, I'm going to use the term martial arts thugs, right? Um, you know, just kind of getting by, but, right, look at the cool skills I have. Okay, well, nobody's attacking you today. Those skills aren't doing any good. But paying your bills might be, right? That kind of stuff. So, but then going to, a, a, you know, a seminar with another teacher that, um, not my teacher, but, uh, you know, this person that sort of surrounded himself had tons and tons of students, right? Um, but then going and just suddenly realizing that I was in a whole different world because, the seminar started an hour and a half late because of logistical problems and, oh, oh, the guest instructor they brought in, oh, he's an alcoholic. They took him out drinking the night before, and they couldn't wake him up the next morning, and when he did, he showed up with a freaking hangover. So during that hour and a half, I'm wandering around trying to meet people, and I go into this one little location and stuff where everybody's sitting around a table and, you know, they're chatting, just like I was used to, right, uh, you know, before the seminar would start, right, on time. But before the seminar would start, uh, we would all stand around and chat. And what I was used to was people chatting about successes. Here's what I've done since we talked last and um, that kind of stuff. And, oh, yeah, we've got, I'm working on this and, and, and that kind of stuff. And that's that's what I was introduced to because this is needed to, damn it, right? We're all success-oriented people. Except what I walked into was bitching and moaning and complaining and the world's out to get me and, uh, you know, it's not one thing, it's another. Yeah, that's true. Okay, great. If it's not one thing, it's another. Great. No one. Right? So if that's life, then why the hell are we not prepared for dealing with the next thing that comes along? And why is that stopping us or keeping us in a constant state of one more thing I need to solve or one more fire I need to put out and that's why I can't be or do or get to or whatever, right? Perhaps it's not the world. Perhaps it's not life because life is what it is and the world is what it is. Perhaps it's I don't have a full skill set necessary to get where I need to go. Or I've accepted things in a way that puts me into victim mode. or There's all kinds of shit, right? So what I want to do is kind of, I want to look at that and make sure that, you know, we're kind of doing a self-check. But I also want to kind of re-examine the mastery path from a mindset perspective that gets us out of words like mastery and black belt and, and all these things that we're kind of used to, but we could be so used to that it's just a cliche. It's just... It's just bullshit. It's just comfortable speech, but it doesn't allow us to go anywhere, right? It's cool because the words turn us on, but we're so surrounded by them. It's like, you know, we're at home and we can't see that there's cobweb growing in the corner because we don't look at details anymore. It's not new. It's commonplace. So when I walk in, I miss 90% of things that change, right? Or I don't see a piece of paper laying on the carpet of me. And it's a white piece of paper on a dark carpet because I just glossed right over it, okay? 
the human brain wakes up when things are new, which is why it's important for us to keep things fresh, keep things new, constantly be changing or riding the changes, conditioning our minds to always be looking for different things. Because that, that, we're, we're more, most awake when the environment is different, when it's changed. But again, I, I posted a meme right around Christmas. Uh, the slogan, and, and it was just one of those things that is based on human psychiatry and psychology and brain wiring, neuroscience, right? That our brains do not see what we need to see. It sees what it's conditioned to see. So we constantly need to be checking. Even the Buddha said that the Buddha said that even the enlightened must mind mind must be mindful of their mental state to make sure that they haven't fallen into this dull sleepwalk living. Okay? Yeah, you got big words, and yes, you're using meditation and all that, but are you back on another merry-go-round, just going around and around and around, same shit, different day? Okay? The words are different, right? We speak woo-woo words, right? We're enlightened, and we speak wisdom and all that kind of stuff, or mastery, or Khan or whatever it is we're speaking, but we're not going anywhere, right? If we're not checking for that stuff, then growth has stopped. And for a lot of people, they may have they may have been around for 20 years in the martial arts, right? Or in the Bujinkan or in Nidatu or whatever, right? But the reality is that their growth stopped six months in. So they don't have 20 years of experience. They don't have 20 years of constant growth and knowledge. They've got six months experience, growth, or knowledge, or one year, or two years, or five years, or whatever, right? Six months, 40 times to make 20 years, or one year, 20 times, or five years, four times. You get the idea, right? So growth stopped, but, you know, so what they're doing is they're resting on their laurels. So here's the thing, right? Success-oriented people don't look at problems they look at challenges and they look at what they look at the baseline. Here's the problem, right? The problem needs to be fixed, right? So here's where I want to be. And so what's the gap, right? So um, the three things you need to move forward, the three things you need to grow, the three things you need to be successful. One, you need to know where you are, right? Gaps, problem areas, faults, failures, lack of money, time, whatever it is, right? You need to know that, okay? You need to know where you're going. You need to know where you want to be, okay? That means you need a vision, okay? And three, you need to know what you need to get there. What do I need? What are the gaps? What knowledge do I need? What, you know, money, scheduling, time? What do I need to get from where I am, the baseline, to where I want to be? Okay? You can't get there from not here, right? You can't ignore this because I don't want to look at it because I shit on my own parade or I let these people get in the way or whatever, right? The reality is that to be as successful as you want to be, most people don't want to hear this, right? You're going to need to drop some of your friends. You're going to need to drop some of your beliefs. You're going to need to drop some of your excuses. Most of them, okay? Because here's the reality. Right? Here was a punch in the face for me from one of my gurus, right? Look at your five closest friends, the ones you hang out with and you do most stuff with. 
whole aspect of their life. The things you talk about and all that. Okay? You are the average of those five. We're not what we want to be. We're what we allowed ourselves to become. Or we are exactly what we want to be. It's what it comes down to, right? Because we are never us. We are an amalgamation. We're a combination of all those people that influenced us and we picked and chose things that we emulated or simulated or whatever until it worked its way into what we call us, this me, I, right? So we need to be careful, right? So if we're the average of the five closest people that we hang around with the most, then if we're not where we want to be, because that group, right, we settled into it, right, then we're going to need to surround ourselves with five different people that are where we want to be because we need to be the odd man out or the odd girl out. Okay? That group needs to make The group that we're in that is where we want to be needs to make us feel uncomfortable. Not that they're judging us. I don't mean that. I mean, we need to feel like, shit, if I don't up my game, these people are going to boot me to the curb because why would they hang out with somebody like me? See, this is one of the secrets of success that most people, that, you know, everybody should accept me for who I am. Okay, what if you're a lazy shit that doesn't do anything? Well, they should accept me. Okay, great. Then you shouldn't expect the same level of success that everybody that's working their ass off gets. But we've developed the cultural mindset that allows for that to happen. That allows for me to feel okay. Because it's not okay for people to not feel okay. Except it's challenge and struggle and pain that motivates the human being to adapt and overcome. Because as long as we're comfortable, we have no freaking reason to do anything. Success, the kind of success we say we want, is always just outside of our comfort zone. Successful people uber-successful people, stay in a consistent state of discomfort. It's also on the Tibetan Wheel of Life for success as well. The human realm represents the mind that, that differentiates for quality and can envision this perfect thing that doesn't exist, but they can differentiate and won't won't settle for less, but knows it's going to have to settle. There's always going to be a, things are always going to disappoint because it's not quite like if I want to want new fabric and I want it to be, a, I'm going to go through tons of fabric to find the one that gets me the closest, but it's good enough for now, but I'm still going to keep looking. Okay. That's the only mindset out of the six realms on the wheel that will allow us to gain enlightenment because that's the mindset that's always looking for better than now. It's looking for best, if best even exists. It's willing to give up good for better. It's willing to give up good for great. Okay? So things are always good enough for now, but. Okay? So this is not my idea. This is a 2,500-plus-year-old philosophy that, is, that has been around for a long time, and you will find this in every major world philosophy or religion. 
this concept of seeking better, transformation, transmutation, those kind of things, right? So successful people uh, don't uh, don't accept their lot in life. They create it, right? They don't... Um, they don't, uh, they don't look at, at how things got destroyed, right? Or they don't accept that this is just the way that things are, right? They create that which they want. Okay. They're in a constant state of creationalism. Okay. I created my own job. I created my own profession, right? If you think, uh, uh, Martial arts instructor, uh, head of a dojo, soon to be a multi-school kind of thing, um, with licensed groups and dojo on the six livable continents. I, I originally started my goal with uh, on at least one on every continent by the end of the year, right? By the end of 2022, then somebody had to remind me that except for researchers, nobody lives uh, on uh, in, in Antarctica, right? But that didn't even enter my mind, right? So, um, and I know, right? Just going to make a whole bunch of McDojos. Okay. If that's the only word you have for somebody that has a, something bigger than you, then okay. Whatever's going to make you feel good. Right? I'm not talking to you. I'm talking to anybody else that's about to click off of this because now I just became somebody that they don't resonate with because I don't make them comfortable. Right? I'm okay with that. Because if they think that their opinion affects me in any way that's going to change how I engage the world, then they uh, they really don't know me. Okay? Now, it's not that I don't take other people's opinions into consideration, but the people I take their opinions into consideration are the ones who are already doing what I want to be doing. They're already moving forward. They're already, you know, they're already doing the do. Right? I'm not taking, I'm not taking opinions from people that don't do anything or that did something once and it didn't work out. And so they think that it can't be done and anybody else that does it must be a liar, a cheat, a thief or whatever. You know what? <laughs> okay. Whatever makes you sleep better at night. Okay. But anyway, so that's success mindset, right? But there's, there's, Three characteristic traits, right? Big ones, right? That that characterize or that that the victim mindset gravitates to. Okay, there's three of them, right? The first one is blame, right? They're constantly blaming. It's always somebody else's or something else's fault for the reason they aren't going anywhere, they can't get ahead, anything like that. Okay. Um, my wife won't let me, uh, you know, uh, whatever, right? Um, it's always it's always somebody else, right? It's never the face looking back from the mirror, right? It's never the face looking back from the mirror, right? It's always something else. The second thing is they justify, they justify a lot, okay? So this is related to blaming. They're all related, right? It's related to blaming, but... Um, this is the reasoning behind, right? Okay. So, um, just on my lot in life, 
uh, you don't understand, Sensei. I, you know, I wasn't born with a silver spoon in my mouth and all the money that you had to get ahead. And really? Seriously? Silver spoon? Huh? Oh, the spoons in my house were silver. Well, they were shiny and metal. Uh, and they have the color of silver, but they were not silver. Okay. Uh, I was beaten, broken, abused mentally, physically, and emotionally by an abusive monster called a stepfather that my mom wouldn't leave because she didn't think that she was good enough for anybody else. And really, seriously, kiss my ass. Okay. So again, whatever makes you feel good at night, right? But just remember that whatever, whatever, you know, whatever, whoever you're blaming, whatever you're justifying or whatever, right? Um, if you're right, then you should be able to get past that and create the life, you know, whatever, right? But if that's really true, that it's their fault and or these conditions, right, with a reason that you can't, then why the fuck are you trying to do a personal development, personal growth thing? Bleep that if you need to. But why would you even bother to do this thing that's supposed to take you to high heights, as Dr. Stuart would have said, when it's not going to matter anyway because these people or life in general or these, these situations or reasons, right, have conspired to not allow you to grow beyond this state. Why fucking bother? Because there's some gnawing part in the back of your head that tells you. Because whether you believe in God or not, or, or the universe, or our core genetic makeup, or whatever, right? I absolutely, through the core of my being, with every fiber of my being, believe that you have not ever been given a dream, vision, or goal, or a want, or desire, or passion that you are not capable of attaining. Now, whether or not you have the willingness to do the shit you're going to need to do to make that a reality, right? Some people love him, some people hate him, and some people resent him. But Elon Musk had the goal of going to Mars when he was 13 years old. He certainly didn't come from a wealthy family. I think mom was a teacher and dad was a salesman, right? He didn't even go through high school science yet. He's going to go to Mars. Okay? But if you look at all the business ventures he's been in, all those business ventures have been there to not just, I mean, they produce some cool stuff, right? But that's an afterthought. It's, it's a side effect. They're there to produce the money he needs and to make the connections he needs and to uh, get surround himself by the scientists that he needs to produce, is it SpaceX or whatever it is he's doing, right, to take his happy ass to Mars. So, yeah, you can resent all the money he's making and all the success he has, but it's not like he's bathing. He, he didn't dump it all into his bathtub so he could freaking wallow around in cash that I believe a lot of people would do that just mismanage money left and right. Because, sorry, if you piss away money that you don't have when you're poor, guess what? You'll just piss away more money when you get it as you make more money. People with bad financial sense don't do better when they make more money or they win the lottery. They just don't, right? Just like people that are, you know, 
lazy at work when they go on vacation or when they have more time to do the things they say they really want to do, guess what? They don't do that stuff then either because they're just fucking lazy. Okay? Power, money, freedom, whatever, they don't allow you to do the things that you don't or that you can't do normally. They will make your habits, your normal everyday habits, worse on a bigger scale. You got more freedom? Great. Guess what? You're just going to do more of nothing. You're going to do the same thing that you do when you don't have the time to do it, but you do it more. Same thing, right? You buy dumb shit and you waste your money when you don't have a lot of money. Guess what? You're going to waste your money and buy dumb shit. It's just going to be bigger or more of it when you have more money. So until you get your internal shit together, nothing's going to change. It just get bigger, right? So anyway, right? So they blame, right? It's always somebody else's fault, anybody but them, right? They justify, because they're really good at coming up with reasons why they can't, right? Here's all the reasons I can't, right? That's in the hungry spirit realm on the on the uh, six realms on the on the wheel of life, right? Um, they, they, you know, they want to, they want to, they want to, they just can't, right? Of their own accord, right? Love to have a million dollars, but less that many dies and will be a million dollars, never going to have a million dollars. Well, that's even worse off if you don't have a fucking rich aunt Minnie. Who's got a million dollars that could possibly even will it to you? So guess what? You gotta figure out another way to make that million dollars. Oh, and here's the cool thing, right? If you've been working since you were 18, by the time you retire, right, the average person works 40 hours, uh, or 40 years, right? Give or take. 40 years, 60 years, whatever it is. I've done the math. Um, so they've done that, right? And just assuming, even if we assume barely over minimum wage, over time with increases, right? The average person will have made a million dollars in their lifetime. So you will have accomplished your goal. I want to, I want to make a million dollars. You will have made a million dollars. But you won't have a million dollars, right? Or the benefits of having a million dollars because you didn't understand certain principles like leveraging and uh, time management and all those kind of things that produce things faster, okay? So, anyway, blaming, justifying, and then the last trait, the big trait that uh, the victim mindset has is complaining. And I, oh, God, you have no idea how much I hate that, right? I will run away from somebody who's complaining, right? I understand that shit happens. I get it. We all know that. Welcome to life. What are you going to do to fix it? Okay, and I've already done past episodes where we talked about those things where, look, you know, if something's happening, right, you've got three choices. Okay? You can get away from it, you can change it, or you can accept it. Okay? But bitching about it doesn't do anything other than convincing the universe, others, and you that you really are a victim. Okay? So those are the big three traits of, of, of victim mindset. Blaming anybody but themselves for their condition. Justifying 
why they can't, why it's impossible, yeah, but, right, and complain, okay? So successful people, while other people may not have pulled their weight, may have broken agreements or whatever, they still see that it's their, it's ultimately their responsibility for producing the results, okay? So you teamed up with somebody that fell through, team up with somebody else, right? Drop them like a freaking rock and move on or do it yourself, okay? Justifying? No, 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 no. Figuring out how to make it happen, okay? Proper planning, those kind of things, right? And complaining? No, okay? Complaining? No, 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 no. That's just wasted energy. The amount of time that you waste complaining about things, what could you have been doing during that time to produce the kind of results you're looking for? Okay? So, let's do a switch here, right? Let me catch up on some people. I see that my guy Shane's on. Hi, Shane. Jimmy's around. Hey, Jen, Jimmy. Uh, everybody. Happy New Year. Welcome to uh, your new beginning, right? Uh, this guy, uh, oh, great. Okay, so I'm sure there's some other folks on. I'm just going to zip through this because... Um, I'm just I'm on fire at the moment, and um, I don't want this thing to drag on like it has, so uh, or like it has in, in past episodes. So, all right. So here's here's what I want to look at this this process of mastery. So for a lot of folks, because they're wrapped around the martial arts kind of thing, you can think about this from a skill set, or you can think about it from the internal perspective or whatever. But I want to look at the four phases, right? Four phases of um, proficiency or um, what's a good word for it? Um, I was using this earlier when I was describing things to people. Um, uh, da, 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 da. Brain's locking up at the moment. We'll just call it proficiency for the moment. Maybe the other word, uh, word will pop in, right? Um, oh, it's right there. <laughs> Anyway, all right, so four phases, four levels of this proficiency kind of idea, right? Um, and so what we want to do is, and this is in the mandala, this is, you know, this we've used different words in the martial arts, but again, for those of you who jumped in late, I want to use this terminology because if we keep using the same words, if we keep using the same descriptors, right, what it does is it just becomes a cliche. It just becomes, you know, like these memes that float around, like, you know, uh, keep doing what you've always, or keep doing what you've always done and you'll keep getting what you've always got, right? Everybody knows it, right? But nobody does anything to change it, okay? Because, you know, it's just, ego just grabs a hold of it because if I say it and I know it, then I have some level of wisdom. Really? Not if you're not doing anything with it. Wisdom is the application of knowledge and experience to produce results. Knowing what is really right and appropriate for the moment, whether most people see it as right or wrong or not, and what is wrong and inappropriate for the moment. An example of that is somebody just, you know, had a death in the family and they're, they're mourning, right? Okay, so um, do I... Say something to make them feel better? Do I say something different? Right? So do I say X or do I say Y? Right? Or do I not say anything at all and give them space? Or do I just sit with them 
and let them know that somebody's here if they need to say something or they need a hug or whatever. Wisdom is knowing which one. Knowledge is knowing that I have those options. Experience is having done those things and maybe I got different results. Maybe I did one of those things and um, it backfired, right? The person just said, I don't, I don't need anything, right? And they just run away from you or whatever, right? So from, a, from an infantile mindset, we can go, oh, shit, that doesn't work, so don't ever do that again. Really? Maybe it was just the context. Maybe you didn't ask. What can I do? How can I help? I don't need anything right now. Okay, is it okay if I stay? Is it okay, is it okay if I just if I stay here? So if you need something, I'm here. I don't need anything. That's okay. I understand. Okay. Would you like me to go? Okay. Instead of just assuming and just throwing something out there and then getting pissed off because they didn't take your help, right? That kind of thing, right? So, um, so there, there's. What I, what I want to do is kind of come at this from a, kind of a, a different perspective or a different angle with some different wording so we can recognize that there is four states that have to do with con our level of consciousness and knowing, right, where we are, and four states of competency. That's the word I was looking for, competency, Okay. Not just, and we can use the word proficiency as well, right? But competence, competency, right? How well I know something, how good I am at that thing, okay? So, again, I, I always try to start off a new year with this kind of thing where we can assess, okay, great. You have these skills, right? But what's your level of competency with each of those skills? What's your level of proficiency with those skills? Just because you know something, kind of like that, that statement, right? Just because I know the statement, right? If I keep doing what I've always done, I'll keep getting what I've always got. Great. Now it's a cliche. I sound smart. I sound wise. But I haven't freaking grown as a person or I haven't gotten any closer to my goals or I'm not any more successful than I was six months ago, two years ago, 20 years ago, whatever. Okay? So we have to be careful that if we keep using the same terminology, what we risk is hanging out with people that speak the same way, which is a huge freaking problem on Facebook, right, or any other social media thing, right? We gravitate toward groups. We gravitate toward um, toward Facebook pages and all that kind of stuff, right? And I have one, right? Bujinkan Society, right? Um, but I don't post every day and I don't get involved in, in these sideline conversations because people, it ends up becoming either a mutual admiration society, which doesn't spur growth, because everybody's talking and speaking the same way. And remember, you're the average of the five people that you hang out with the most. Okay? Or it becomes a pissing contest because nobody wants to learn anything. They all want to assert their own uh, point of view or perspective or whatever which means you're not going to grow either because you've already determined that you're God and you know everything and your your position is the only right one. Well, fuck. Now nobody's growing. 
right? And besides that, you're driving away all the people that you could actually benefit. So unless I have something to say or something to move forward with, and I will be a lot this year moving forward, right? But it's probably going to thin the ranks and people are going to just, you know, stop following or, or leave the group or whatever because they don't want to hear it, right? Because it's going to challenge where they are and what they're doing, okay? But I'm not setting myself up as the ultimate arbiter, right? I'm challenging them because, you know what? I'm challenging me. So anything that you see popping up, probably going to be the same shit that I'm thinking about working on for myself. So, right? Hatsumi Sensei could continue to study the martial arts and different systems and all that kind of stuff and drop a butt ton of money on stuff all the way up to his retirement. Even though we all saw him as, <gasps> right? He was still on a path of study. Then why the hell would I be any different? And why the hell should you be any different, right? Less ego is just that big, right? So anyway, four levels of, uh, or four stages, right? Four types of um, consciousness, right? Or awareness of something, right? And four stages or types of or levels of competency, okay? So again, this could be with any given skill, skill set, uh, whatever. Could be your finances, could be relationships, could be your ability to to uh, make new friendships, uh, whatever. Anything, right? Right. So because this is a martial arts, it tends to be a martial arts forum. You could look at your skill sets. You could look at kamai. You could look at whatever. Okay. So uh, and and these things do show up in the mandala, but the mandala goes into it much more in depth, right? So there's five or nine or whatever. I'm just picking four base kind of things to look at, right? So the first one is uh, unconscious incompetency. Unconscious incompetency, okay? So what that is is I'm not aware of the shit that I can't do or might have to do or problems that could come at me, okay? I'm completely unaware of the problems. So in the self-defense realm, right, I am, I'm just oblivious, right? I don't, I don't, uh, it's not, I don't even, it's not even the level of, I don't think that danger will ever come at me. I'm just freaking clueless that, you know, right? Um, so I have no idea that, that there's certain types of danger in my town or that I could encounter uh, traveling from point A to point B, um, I'm just, you know, no clue, right? I have no idea that there are certain skill sets that I could develop that should danger come at me, I could survive, right? And again, when I say self-defense, I'm really talking about the realm of self-protection or survival, right? Because most people think of self-defense, they still think of fighting, right? But what about, like, a dog attack? What about uh, your car hitting black ice and sliding off a runway? and tumbling down a freaking, uh, uh, you know, hillside or whatever, right? All kinds of things, right? Self-protection and survival could be financial. It could be, uh, it could be from natural disasters. It could be whatever, right? But at this stage, this person, they would never think of martial arts. They would never think of self-defense training. They would never think of anything because, you know, things, they bump into things and, you know, shit happens, 
right? But they, there's never any kind of idea that it might, you know, anything might come at them, right? Um, so that's the realm of, or the stage of, uh, unconscious incompetency, or unconscious incompetence, right? They don't know what they don't know. They don't know what they might need to know to be more successful, okay? The next stage or next level is uh, conscious incompetence, okay? Conscious incompetence. So now I do know that there's danger in the world, right? I do know that there are skill sets that I can probably develop, right, uh, to, uh, to get better at or whatever. So at this stage, I know what I don't know, okay? I know what I don't know, right? So um, I know, right, I, I see on the news, right, somebody was attacked a certain way. And I look at that and I go, I know I, I, know I couldn't handle that. I, I know that, right, okay? Um, I, uh, maybe I, I look up some YouTube videos because that's, you know, everybody thinks that that's the perfect replacement for, uh, you know, free replacement for a martial arts teacher because shit, look at all this stuff, right? Um, so I go there or maybe I, I do take a martial arts class or self-defense class or whatever. The teacher shows some things, right? And I go, holy shit. Or I see a Jackie Chan movie or whatever and I go, I couldn't do that, right? Not that I couldn't bring myself to do it, but with my current skill set or fitness level or whatever, holy shit, I couldn't do that, right? So it's an awareness of our incompetence, whether it's a lack of knowledge, lack of experience, lack of skill set, whatever, okay? So maybe at some point in our lives, right, when mommy and daddy was raising and all that, for most, most of us that are on this, right, we're, we're involved in martial arts training in some uh, capacity, we've been doing it for a certain amount of time, whatever, right? Or we're at least interested, right? So it's probably been a long time since we've been in the realm of uh, unconscious incompetence, right? We didn't know what we didn't know, right? For a lot of folks, that's, you know, when you, you were sent to school to figure out why the hell I didn't even know there was, a, there was an alphabet, let alone words and things that I could spell and whatever, right? I've just been talking, right? Just been speaking and mom and dad have corrected things or whatever, but I didn't know that you could write that out or read it, right? Wow, it looks like code, right? Didn't even know that stuff. So I was sent to school to learn what I didn't know. I didn't know. Think about that. This is, be, this is below the level of not knowing something. Like I know the, uh, you know, Hungarian language, whatever that's called, right, exists, okay? And I know I don't know it, but it's still in the realm of the known, right? So I know that I'm incompetent in that realm, right? Okay, so the first realm, most of us, we're not there, right? Okay, um, when you decided you were gonna start exploring self-defense or martial arts or whatever, right? Um, that's where we start bumping into the known incompetence, right? It's the conscious incompetence, right? I know I don't know how to handle that. I Holy shit, I didn't even know that existed. Well, all right, now I know I don't know anything about that, right? Other than it's, it exists, right? Um, that kind of thing, right? So that's kind of our springboard into things as far as growth goes, right? As far as, like, consciously being able to take take advantage of something, right? And, and do it, right? And then the next stage or the next level 
is conscious competence. Okay? And this is where we are in self-defense class, in martial arts class, whatever. Okay? So I, I know these skills. And I know that it's supposed to handle these dangers, right? So this is, you know, guys punch me in the face or whatever. I could do X, Y, Z, whatever, okay? So I'm developing. This is the level where I can train and I can develop skill sets, okay? But this tends to be the level where people tend to lay down roots and stop growing because they know, right? Um, I, I made some kind of comment um, on Facebook before Christmas, somewhere between Thanksgiving and Christmas, those of you in the in the Western world that celebrate those things, right? So November, probably somewhere in November, right? About, you know, people that are serious about training focus on and concentrate on these things and don't fall into these traps, right? And someone responded with, those of us who have already mastered this already know this, and so it's not a problem. Well, guess who didn't respond to that person? Me. Because if they already believe that they've mastered things, they're not growing at all. Right? So, granted, they have these skill sets, right? And everybody tends to stop here because we tend to stop training or we tend to stop practicing when we get something right. Okay? We tend to stop practicing when we get it right. Okay? I can do that. Okay? Great. But there's actually a level beyond that. There's a stage beyond that. Okay? And that's where people that are success-driven keep driving for. Because in, I, I always remind my students, especially my, my like super serious students, right? The ones that are going to train no matter what, right? Um, I don't give a shit if anybody cares or not, right? They're the ones that came to the dojo, wanted to make sure we were still training during the COVID shutdown and not just on Zoom classes. So they came in, they parked out back, they came in, we locked the doors, and we trained with the lights off because we weren't sure what the long work was going to do. So, yeah, we broke the rules. Because training was more important than the possibility of maybe, and we were in our own little circles and whatever, okay? So, but we did. We trained the lights off. Got a chance to train in low light uh, things and all kinds of, it, it was cool, right? So, um, anyway. So, with the, for those people, I, I tell them, don't stop training when you get it right. Stop training when you can't get it wrong. What the hell does that mean? That means that now we're in the stage or the phase of development where we are, we have unconscious competence. Unconscious competence. What the hell does that mean? What it means is that my skill sets are available to me at full on when I'm not thinking about using them or needing them. They just come out. We have gone past the level of this is what I do to the level of this is so much a part of who I am that I can't not do it even when I'm not thinking about it. My ninja walking is to a, to a level that I don't have to think about walking correctly, silently, 
on balance and all that stuff, right? I don't have to think about it when I'm not in the dojo or in a special outfit or whatever. Right? The way I move my body, the way I process things, when I walk into a room and I establish a baseline of how things are. This is normal. So when something breaks from that, right, my my head kicks in. I don't have to I don't walk into this place and and move around like I'm hyper vigilant trying to look at everything when I can't. Right? My brain has been conditioned to process an environment a certain way. I don't have to consciously think about doing it. It's the same thing. If you drive, you have a certain degree of unconscious competency. Otherwise, you wouldn't be able to eat that damn sandwich or ladies put on your, or guys put on your lipstick or whatever you're doing or holding a conversation and you keep looking at your friend or whatever instead of keeping your eye on the damn road. Because some part of your brain is managing all that stuff. And then somebody almost doesn't stop at a stop sign and your body executes a hundred different freaking muscle movements to move your foot from accelerator to brake and your hands steer the wheel and all that while you're busy screaming at the person or flipping them off or whatever it is, right? You have this level of unconscious competency because you didn't have to think about most of those things that you were doing. That's mastery. Okay? To believe that you mastered it when you still have to think about how to do it when you're doing it or to make sure you're doing it right, that's not mastery. It's a certain level of proficiency, but that's conscious competency. That will not serve you when you've been surprised, when there's a, when you're in the middle of a surprise attack and your left brain takes a vacation for a couple of seconds, couple of minutes, whatever, and you're on autopilot. It won't. Okay. So there are these different degrees, and they can be overlaid over lots of things in my life. Okay, so if my if I don't have the degree of success that I want to be having, that I want to be living and experiencing, or that I'm reaching for, and I can't make it, right? And not not like it's right there. I mean, like it just feels like uh, just you know what? If it wouldn't be for these fucking people doing this stuff, it wouldn't be for these conditions. If it would, blah 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 blah. Okay. I'm talking about like I, I I don't feel like I can make it. I don't feel I don't think I can do it. Right? Um, I'll never make that much uh, money an hour. So unless they up the minimum wage legally and force other people to pay that to me, I don't believe that I'll ever make that. So instead of looking in the mirror and go, dude, what freaking skill sets are you missing? Instead of browbeating somebody to pay you something. What skill sets do you have that are valuable enough that people will trade a higher paycheck for that? Mine's communication and teaching. It's not the martial arts. Because I can learn anything that needs to be presented because I understand different learning types. I understand communication styles. I understand neuro-linguistic program to be able to speak people's lessons. I understand how to make drills and analogies and things like that to be able to communicate on more than just one database level. Do it like this, step one, step two, step any bonehead to be that kind of instructor. How do you get somebody, regardless of their skill set or under, level of understanding, to be at the highest level of proficiency that they're capable of being? 
regardless of whether that's ever as close to your level or beyond, or it doesn't matter. What are they capable of? How do you communicate with them? How do you communicate and describe the technique? Five other ways that are different from the way that worked for you to understand it. Because you know what? Here's the secret instructors. They ain't you. And no matter, no matter how much you want to get upset or you want to browbeat them or you want to repeat yourself ad infinitum to make them get it, they're not you. Okay? So, anyway, um, any area of your life that you're not, you're not approaching the level of success that you want, relationship, business, job, money, martial arts, engagement, proficiency, whatever, okay, that you're not getting that kind of success, you need to go back to these different things, right, and start with unconscious incompetency. What, what am I missing? What do I not know I need to know? What, what am I missing? Instead of going through, the, through life with this giant freaking ego that assumes it knows everything and it's tried everything and it knows what works and what doesn't work, when the reality is probably the people that piss you off the most because they are already doing or having or whatever, what you don't, instead of resenting them, maybe figuring out what the hell it is that they know, right? Drop the bullshit, okay? But the first question should be, what do I not, what am I missing? And if you don't know, start looking around for people that are doing the thing that you're doing and ask, what did you do to get this? What, what, what am I missing? What don't I know? And then don't get pissed off when they tell you. Because it's going to violate some other kind of belief or principle that you've convinced yourself that it's not you. Right? So, but that's the first question. The first question is, what, what, do, what am I missing? What do I not know? What can't I see? Second question is in the realm of the conscious incompetency. Okay, I know it exists, I know that that's there, I know those skill sets, but I can't bring myself to do that. Okay, then shut the hell up. If you can't, then don't. If you can't, then okay. But you have to accept the fact that you can't produce results by not doing the things that produce those results. What everybody does is tries to run around and produce the same results by not doing the hard work that's necessary to do the, to get that result. It's the basic law of karma. Not luck and fate and all that. Cause and effect. And recognizing that karma is not just cause and effect. It's recognizing there's two types of karma. Primary causes and secondary causes. See? It's deeper than everybody thinks. Okay? It's kind of like watching the movie The Secret. Okay? If I just want it bad enough and I can visualize it, visualize that $50,000 check. If I visualize it and visualize it and want it bad enough, right? it'll materialize in my mailbox. Bullshit. That's only the first stage in, well, it depends on the program or the, the process that you're learning, right? That's only the first stage in, well, at least one process that I'm thinking of now at the moment. The first of 13 stages of action. The first. It's not the magic. Because if you keep doing that thing and you don't do the other things you need, right, like to pay bills, to put food on the table, that kind of stuff, the only thing that's going to materialize in your freaking mailbox is an eviction notice. And that happens for people. 
People in this are, too. And guess what? It just makes them more pissed off because the world's conspiring to get them. Really? Stop bitching. Okay? Stop blaming. Stop justifying. Okay? Figure out what you don't know. Once you, now we're at stage two, right? I know what I don't know. Great. You still have choice. Okay? Do I step outside my comfort zone and do the things that are necessary to produce this thing I say that I want? These abilities that I say that I want? This condition in life that I say that I want? These benefits, this value, this ability to have the kind of confidence and power and control and freedom and all that to be able to degrade the life that I really want to be living and or the skills necessary to protect that life from anything that might fucking threaten it. Am I willing to do those things? Because now that I know what I need, now I know what I don't know, am I willing to fix it? And if I am, then I'm going to move to stage three and I'm going to engage in those things. That's the, the stage, again, of conscious competency. So now I'm training. Now I'm practicing, I hope, right? Okay? But I also need to be mindful while I'm training and practicing to see what skills are shifting into the realm of unconscious competency. I, I don't have to think about where my feet go and come on. I don't have to think about what angle. I don't have to think about what distance. I don't have to think about whether I have a counter-strike or not. It just, it, my, my body just goes there, and often it throws me off because, shit, I didn't even know that, right? Consciously, I'm not controlling it. It's just happening, right? Okay? And which skills do I still need to think about? And which skills I forget from class to class because I'm not practicing them, them enough? I have to I have to manage that process while I'm in that stage to get more and more skills to cross the void to get to that level of mastery or, using today's terminology, unconscious competence. Okay. A new door is open. Every time a teacher speaks, I don't care if you come to, come to me and you're doing the podcast or you go to the Nijitsu podcast or you go, I don't care. I don't care. Okay. Teacher provides answers and they provide Street signs that points in a certain direction. And if they're doing their job, they're going to make you uncomfortable. Certain moves are going to be scary, or they're going to challenge your your, your balance, or they're going to, you know, and you're going to fail a lot. Right? Get comfortable with failing. Get comfortable with with being uncomfortable. Okay? Get comfortable with not knowing, because growth is a constant is a constant process. Okay? It's a process. Everybody likes to see, and this is why during 2022, you're not going to hear me use the word path that much anymore. Because everybody keeps talking about the path. I'm on the path. Really? It's not a path. You have to walk the path. That's a process. That requires certain skills. Depending on the path. Okay? Everybody talks about the path. It's a martial arts cliche thing. Like mastery, like enlightenment, like wisdom. Right? Great. Why aren't there more people that have the, these level of skills? Why aren't there, why are there so many people lamenting 
about what they can't? Why do they get that knot in the gut or the lump in the throat when they want to they want to enroll in that program or they want to train with that teacher or whatever? But oh, what if I oh, what if I fail? I will have wasted money. I will have wasted time. Then failing is quitting. If I aim for a ginormous goal and I fall short, I didn't fail. I accomplished. Here's the goal, and I fall short. I did all this. I've accomplished all this. Did I fall short? Sure. But that doesn't mean that I can't extend this into next year. Or It depends on the deadline. Or maybe I die before I got there, but look at all I did. If you're success-minded, the only way to fail is to quit. So anybody that's worried about, well, I, I think I don't, I, I'm wasting the money or whatever because I know me and I, I don't stick to, okay, great. When do you want to stop? Because I find that my students that pay the most intuition and get the most grief from me stick it out the longest. The people that pay the least, which tells you about free here in a minute, the people that pay the least and I give them the easiest way to, to go, complain the most and quit the soonest. People that pay the most in time, effort, money, whatever, right? They complain the least and they attain the levels of success more and faster. YouTube's free. That's everybody's saying, right? That YouTube is free. People have loaded up their freaking hard drives with downloaded videos or they've marked them as saved or whatever. I got a bunch of saved videos too right? that are in different categories. Right? I'm sure I'll get around to watching them at some point. But I also have them classified under categories, so when I do my research, um, I'll go there. I did just tag them. Okay? Uh, but anyway, right? So here's the thing, right? A door has closed. A door has opened. Right? There's been a change. A change in your state. Right? Stop looking at last year. Okay? No one that listens to this podcast, if you're truly serious about moving forward, should post any freaking memes or share anything that has to do with how well, shitty last year was and this year's probably going to be even fucked up too. Really? Nothing like a self-fulfilling prophecy because it probably will be for you. Because that's that wasn't my experience. Last year wasn't that bad. Matter of fact, last the last part of last year, from the middle of October through the end of November, Five weeks. I enrolled almost 35 students into my dojo. Oh, and that was with, uh, the only advertising was we passed out 7,000 coupons uh, in three parades, three Halloween parades in our area. 7,000 coupons? You walked in three parades? That's a lot of work. And that's why I enrolled almost 35 students into my dojo. And a bunch of other people are pissing and moaning because they lost a bunch of people. Not only am I willing to say what most people won't bring themselves to think, I'm willing to do 
what most people won't, and so should you if you're success-oriented. And you know what you are, but what do you want to be? And it's not going to be an easy change, but this is transformation. We're closing the door on one year. Another one is already opened, right? I'm a big fan of do-overs. had the ultimate opportunity to write a whole new chapter. What will yours say? Most people's chapter will at best say, at least in my ears, blah, 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 blah. Because it's going to be the same shit they said last year and the year before that and the year before that. And it's the same freaking thing they say to everybody they meet. Here's what I'm doing. Here's what I'd like to be doing, but I can't because the shit keeps happening. And really? Just keep reminding yourself. I know you're not. Don't. Anyway. All right. So let me just go back through here. Somebody wished me a Merry Christmas. Uh, same. Okay. Eastern Orthodox is right around the corner, too. So we're like right between two Christmases. And I'm flexible enough. So, okay. My other regret, too, and I didn't have anything to do with it, I don't think, right, unless I'm missing something universally, right, uh, was to be born January 8th. Because I convinced myself, see, convinced myself, since as long as I can remember, right, that I could have gotten extra presents on Christmas, but they held them back so that they could give them to me on my birthday two weeks later. My wife assures me that it's not true that she, in her mind, separates. These are his Christmas presents. This is what he's getting for his birthday. But see, it's so close that... <laughs> anyway, all right. So, uh, Greg, Greg is on. Greg, Greg was one of my guys. Greg's, uh, I don't know what Greg is these days. Greg's doing his, Greg's doing his thing, right? Uh, so this is a big issue in my industry as well. Skills have to be continuously trained. Only university and a collection of certifications are, oh, only university and a collection certifications are not enough in the real world. Absolutely, right? And it's not until you start bumping into things that you actually start to realize that, you know, you're, you're going to have to know more than just what they taught you in a class. Okay? What did they not teach you and why? Like business schools never teach people, uh, you know, if you're going to be setting up in a big city in certain areas in the world, you better be ready to pay protection money. Or you have to worry about, uh, you know, riots and people like, you know, drive-bys and like, location, location, location. Okay. Um, and in other parts of the world, uh, you know, you're going to set up, but you're going to have a smaller pool of customers to come from. So you better be thinking diversity, diversification and uh, also having an internet presence if you want to make the same kind of money that you would make in a big city. But it's not always about money. Um, it's about profitability. Because I can make more money in the big city, but my rent's also going to be four times, five times higher. Okay? So what's your profit margin, not just how much you make? Same thing, right? Wealth is how much money you have left over after the bills are paid, not how much money you have coming in. Okay? Right. So, anyway, uh, Courtney, hey, Courtney, I've talked to you in a while. Uh, may the blessings of peace, prosperity, and good health be with you and yours in 2022. Thank you, sir. I appreciate that. I always take good well wishes. 
but you know me that I'm still going to be making my own, right? Uh, I'll leave everybody with a, with a, with a certain thing here. So, um, uh, I don't know, some of you that, that have known me and have interacted personally with me, right? Uh, if we've ever gone to a Chinese restaurant, right? Um, have you ever gotten a fortune cookie? I know most people have gotten a fortune cookie if you go to a Chinese restaurant, right? But have you ever gotten a fortune cookie that did not have a fortune in it? Right? So, I'm, that, you know, you can answer that to yourself or whatever, right? But most people feel gypped. I'm elated. And it throws people off. I remember one time I was in a Chinese restaurant. Not only did they just got a bad batch of, a bad batch or box of these cookies or whatever, right? But I was there between, uh, like lunch with my brother or just, I was there like two or three times in, the, in a given week or week and a half, something like that, right? There's one close to my, uh, uh my dojo and I'll often meet with, uh, students there. Uh, not students, but, uh, people that are helping me out with different projects. So I've got a bunch of projects happening now, right? I've got two different websites that are being updated. Uh, I've got uh, uh, project uh, pro, uh, programs that are being updated. Uh, the dojo, I'm building a team there, uh, all kinds of stuff, right? So we'll often, because everybody likes Chinese food, right? So we'll meet there and we'll do our thing. Anyway, over the course of about a week, week and a half, whatever, um, crap, um, you know what? I just realized that I'm running late on uh, getting my... Well, maybe I'm not. Nobody told me whether or not he needed a ride. My stepson sometimes needs one, and no, maybe not. Okay, so now that's a whole recording for posterity's sake. Anyway, um, anyway, over the course of that, I got like two or three cookies that did not have a, a fortune in it, and I'm like, yes. You're know, like, dude, you got gypped. I'm like, no, 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 no. This is awesome. This is the universe telling me I can make my own, I can make whatever I want. Right? I'm not just getting stuck by lot, you know, already passing the cookies around. And you get the one you get, and then you get the whatever fortune happened to be in that. Right? That's like pot luck. That's like chance. Okay? I get an empty fortune cookie. I'm like ecstatic. I make my own. Okay? One of my favorites that I made up a long time ago, actually, I didn't make it up completely. I bought it from one of my student friends. It was a joke. So, um, like, you know, if I'm in a jovial mood, I'll say, I'll pull it open and I'll go, huh. Never play leapfrog, never play leapfrog with a rhinoceros. Hmm. And of course everybody laughs and all that kind of stuff, right? But no, I'm ecstatic with an empty fortune cookie. Right? Because I, well, I appreciate the well wishes. I, I, I absolutely do. And I appreciate that everyone cares enough that they would extend those. And I'm reciprocating kind. Okay? May you have all that you deserve. And I mean that both in the fact that you have value and you deserve these things. But I can't wish anything more for you than, or help you create anything more than you think you deserve. Okay. So while I do accept those, okay, absolutely. And I, I appreciate the heartfelt um, uh, wishes and all those kind of things. Okay. Um, I, I create my own. Okay. So any of that extra stuff is just icing on the cake. All right. So anyway, with that said, I appreciate everybody being on. Um, this is gonna just put another one in the can, right? So it's the first one for uh, 2022. So hold on to the bar, and we're just gonna keep on moving. And if I see you again, great. And if not, hopefully um, 
what I've given you during this one um, will help in some way. All right, guys. Again, conventionally, Western speak, Happy New Year, um, but also congratulations on opening a new door or congratulations on having the opportunity that a new door has opened for you. Okay. And uh, we'll keep moving in, in 2022. All right. Good night, everyone. Be safe. Train hard. Get more of Kudan Radio. Subscribe to your favorite podcasting site or subscribe at ModernNinjaWarrior.com.